Or we at war? We don't know his name. Money, weapons, intel. He's planning something. Sergeant McDowish, welcome to the City of Souls. There are few here to uphold the law, and many of those who resist corruption disappear. Terrorism is good for business. As long as there is a war on terror, there will be no real war on drugs. We've got bigger problems. We are not one for one and lost for Keros. We're a team. I want to know how many they have and where they intend to use them. Y'all got a clear picture? All set. These things take planning and preparation. These things take violence and timing. I can do both. Go, Johnny! Get out of there! You're the commander of a foreign terror organization. I can say the same to you. Digitally pre-order Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and play the campaign up to a week early. VA Health and Benefits, official mobile app for VA Health and Benefits. VA's official mobile app is a smarter, more convenient way for veterans to manage and carry their VA Health and Benefits information. One veteran notes, I went into my local hardware store and logged into my VA mobile app. A quick glance at my phone showed them I was a veteran and I was able to get the veteran discount without any paperwork. It was easy and convenient. Download the app via the Apple Store at https colon forward slash forward slash apple dot co forward slash three uppercase j lowercase b lowercase k nine uppercase o lowercase l or download the app via the Google Play Store at https colon forward slash forward slash bit dot ly 
forward slash 3 uppercase Q 5 lowercase Q 9 uppercase L 5. Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. I'm the host. My name is Travis. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hoobazoo Network. You can find out more on Hoobazoo.com. I want to thank my sponsors, Joyce Asak of Asak Real Estate, Army National Guard veteran Mark Holmes of Reapers Detailing and Power Washing, and my supporters, all veteran-owned, veteran-operated businesses, Simper Savage Salad Dressing, Bottom Gun Coffee, and Quezon Shaving Company. And this is like Christmas for me. It's kind of like part two to the Jesse James Dupree show that I had on. So if you watched the show previous to this one, I had on a guy I've watched, you know, on the stage with a chainsaw, talk about his involvement with the VFW. And now we get kind of like the behind the scenes of how that all works with Mr. Lynn Rolfe, who's a program coordinator for the VFW, if I got that right. Mr. Rolf Lynn, welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Hey, thanks, Travis. Uh, my, it's my honor to be on on a great show that I I listen to from friends in Tennessee that got me introduced to what you do and the causes you get behind and all the advocacy that you get get out to the community and to our veterans. So thanks for having me. Absolutely, no problem at all. It's, it's an honor, and, and you know we kind of got connected through Andrew Farr and and Brian Walker. We'll talk about them more in a second. But this is all about you. For the folks out there, um, you know, give us a little synopsis of your military time, and then we'll go into the VFW and how what you do now, please. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, don't hold it against me. I, I know we talked a little bit before the recording. I was a military police officer for just about 10 years. I uh, got my commissioning out of Pittsburgh State here in Kansas and uh, went right to Korea. was a young platoon leader over over in Korea for a couple years and uh, from the JSA down to uh, Seoul. Pretty enlightening experience and then came back, came back to the States and I uh, ran a basic training unit, OSA company, and then uh, eventually took command of the 300th Military Police Company, which I took over uh, 2003-04 to Iraq. And I commanded a, a company plus overseas, over, over in Iraq. So, and then had an opportunity to... Um, I had to make a big, big life decision after I gave up command and decided that it was time to focus on myself and left the military and kind of stumbled around. Had had a lot of dark times in the transition period and walked into a VFW and my life changed forever and for the best. It, I could not have asked for a better life course for myself that helps me when I be able to assist veterans, um, business owners, um, 
just living live, living the dream right now being so, the programs director for the BFW. So let's just put a period on the end of the military service. You were you were an MP and you led other MPs. Now yeah. normally I'd be like, oh God, another <laughs> one. But on the other hand, you know, glass half full. I mean, that had to prepare you for everything you've experienced in the VFW, especially. I don't know about Brian Walker, but definitely Andrew Farr needs some of that guidance you all provide, right? right sir? Yeah, you know, we, we it, it does, and no offense to all my Marine Corps family that I have, but... Um, they're they're extra special. You have to you have to spend a little more time explaining how to color within the lines. We're bad. I'm a marine. And I'm we bad. Do, We're bad. Yeah, and how we do it. Uh, but ain't Andrew is a true success story himself. Uh, his service and his personal fight uh, with a lot of the demons that we all face. Um. We really connected right away because we had a lot of the same same battles and struggles. Uh, and Andrew keeps me on my toes. Good young member, wants to do the right thing. So he challenges me to be better in my responsibility to think outside of the box and try to deliver more of our programs to more people uh, from our nation's YouTube to our veterans and nursing homes on how we can do better as an organization. So Andrew and the uh, comrades down in Tennessee definitely make my job a lot easier because uh, I know we're moving the pendulum forward as the VFW. So uh, God bless Andrew. Absolutely. You know, I, you know one of the reasons I, I got connected back to the VFW and that whole – I don't qualify for the VFW, but I do for American Legion. One of the reasons that I'm kind of getting back into that was because of, of Andrew and, and, you know, Brian's, you know, push, if you will. But let's talk about you, you walk into that VFW after you transition. And, and one of the things that, you know, I found out is, you know, a lot of us enlisted believe that officers have a red carpet after they get out of the service and everything's roses for them. And I, I've come to find out that's not always the case. In fact, a lot of you had the same challenges we do, but what was it when you walked into that VFW that really, you know, changed your life? Well, I, um, it was Veterans Day 2004, or yeah, 2004. I just left the military, or 2005 actually. Left the military, I was with some high school buddies, some Desert Storm vets, and um We'd seen a parade going on, and uh, I mentioned him. I said, hey, my granddad was a member, and my dad currently was at the time. And um, they're like, well, let's go in and see what's going on. Seemed like that was the place to be. And, um, of course, us being much younger than a lot of the crowd that was there, uh, it, it was great. To, we just started – talking uh, talking about our service, uh, especially with some, and at the time frame, Iraq was still really um, right in the heat of everything at the beginning of the war. Uh, so they had a lot of questions for us younger guys um, and just really felt like 
I found a place that um, I connected with, brought back memories of my dad and my grandfather. Um, <clears throat> and eventually went to the first meeting and, and moved up the ranks pretty fast in the VFW from host, district, state commander, myself, uh, conference chairman, then eventually had the opportunity to interview for this position. Um, being just from Leavenworth, and don't hold that against me, being a prison town. And, you know, the military, you always hear, don't go to Leavenworth. But I graduated high school in Leavenworth, so it was, it was a, a perfect, perfect mix, just being about an hour from national headquarters. Uh, and the opportunity came up, and I went for it. So you go through this transition process and, and in a way it's, it's what I thought the VFW was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, my experience, I, I told Brian this, you know, I'm like, look, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I went to the local VFW post, walked in and five minutes later, I knew that, you know what, this, this is not for me. They, they, they I was not welcomed and they didn't care that I didn't come back for a long time. But in a, in a way, your experience is what I understand the VFW is supposed to be like. Yeah. And then you move all the way up to to what you do now, which is kind of how we got connected. You know, what what is your role at the VFW now as program coordinator? What what do you actually do? Um, <clears throat> well, under, under under my responsibility as the national programs director. The umbrella uh, or scope of what I do is anything that we do out in the community or for veterans or the community in general or nation's youth, somehow one of the programs uh, touches from, uh, and I'm sure you probably heard about our buddy Poppy Flower. We created that flower um, based on um, in the World War I time frame when the buddy poppy or the actual poppy flower symbolized our fallen comrades. Uh, we were approached by a special lady, uh, Miss Moyna, to help our war orphans. And um, we we started the camp the first campaign to to raise money to help our war orphans because back then it was just that that conflict really turned our country. Uh, some say, you know, it was a turmoil, but it was a defining moment for our country. And we really got behind it helping our war deck because so many families were impacted uh, in World War I. Um, so that's one piece of what I do. We, we do a lot of educational aspects of our nation's youth. Uh, through our voice democracy and our patriots pen, either written, written essay or verbal on what they feel based on a theme that we have. And our theme this year is why is America's veteran important? <clears throat> and we allow our youth to tell us what's going on in their community. What is their thinking? And it really helps us as an organization to get the pulse of course, we provide a lot of scholarships to our high schoolers uh, from the local to the county level to the state level and then up to our national level at our 
contests that we run, a big $30,000, $35,000 scholarship that we award in D.C. Um, to 53 other kids, take them through a week in D.C., teach them about the history and the beginnings of our country, what democracy is really about. Um, and then I've got a troop aspect where we help our military, we help our National Guardsmen, our reservists, and try to build the relationship between our VFW posts and those units and help them understand, you know, what we're all about. So we build the bridge, build the relationship. We talk to them about our financial assistance program that I also manage. It's called the Unmet Needs Program, and I know we'll talk a little bit more about that here shortly. <clears throat> and our Student Veteran Scholarship, our Help a Hero Program, uh, which is funded by sport clubs, haircuts, which I I know you don't need a haircut right now, but no, nope, I'm nope. getting a little I'm getting a little shaggy myself. I wish I had your problem. <laughs> but that scholarship's the largest, most impactful student veteran scholarship out there. Over 2,300 student vets have received the scholarship for over, and we're eclipsing $11 million this year of, of scholarships. Um, those, those type of programs um, just are life-changing. So if you, you take the umbrella of our programs and what we do with veteran benefits and our advocacy that we do in D.C. and then the grassroots effort behind that, BFW is a powerful organization that changes lives for veterans and their and their family members. And I'm just so humbled to be just a small piece of it. Well, let's, let's go back a minute to the first program you mentioned where the, it's the whole like, um, you know, educational aspect to young, mm -hmm. young people. You know, one thing I get a lot of the, you know, veterans my age or older is like, you know, why even bother with these young kids? They don't care. They don't pay attention to us and I'm I, I want to get your take on this because I find that if if I take the time to explain to my children or their friends you know why I joined the Marine Corps why this this VFW or American Legion ceremony is so important mm -hmm. you'll actually get engagement if you take that time do you, do you feel that it's not just a VFW but incumbent on on all veterans to take that time and and, and be like a better term, either an educator or ambassador for what we've done? Yeah, I, I think veterans in the classroom is a very underutilized resource to uh, not only talk about our service, because, you know, not every veteran is comfortable standing in front of junior high or elementary or high schoolers and talk about what they did, but uh, the pride of our service, I think, um, it's the backbone of our fabric of, of our country that we have, to, that's our duty. You know, talk about the Pledge of Allegiance, how to do it. You know, what, how do you react when a flag walks by or you see a flag or you see a flag coming down? Um, and then the importance of the flag itself. Um, if if we don't do it, no one else is gonna do it. So that that is our, that is our sacred obligation as vets uh, to teach our nation's youth the right 
you know, how to, how to stand there during the national anthem, how to recite the Pledge of Allegiance and, and what each color on the flag means. Um, we have to do it because no one else is going to. Uh, some of our school, and not to get into any politics, but, you know, we, we have to teach them those things because it's not necessarily being taught in every school. Um, and I, you know, and I hear that all the time, you know, why waste our time on Nations Eve? But I tell you, once once you do spend a little time with our Nations Eve, they eat that up. They love hearing stories. They love hearing history because they're not, may not be taught at home, may not be taught in school, but once they're, once they're uh, uh, taught just a little bit, they they're like sponges. They they absorb it. And those high schoolers that I deal with, those are our nation's finest. Those those students are our best and brightest. Those are our future that could potentially be running our state governments or our federal government 10, 20, 30 years from now. So once we show them the importance of service, they they appreciate it more, especially when they could be put in that position and make decisions. Uh, for our country down the road. So it's, it, we absolutely have to spend the time and the effort and the resources to, to educate them on the importance of our America's veterans. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one thing following up with, you know, there, there seems to be a push to connect with National Guard and reserve units, even in my state, Massachusetts. But one thing that I've noticed that the VFW is trying to do is, regardless of your political affiliation, in, in the leadership, I, I notice a lot of VFWs are trying to engage their, 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 all politics is local, right? So mm-hmm. it's my understanding that there is a, not necessarily a push, but, uh, you know, hey, let your local councilman, your local mayor, or your, your local state rep know what's going on and give them an opportunity to participate. Is, is that something that you're seeing more and more? Well, yeah, I, th- I think, um, you know, we, that is our bread and butter is our advocacy for our veterans benefits um and everyone um veteran causes cross all political divides no matter where you are and that's that's why i love the vfw so much is we're apolitical there is no left or right blue or red it is it is all green all veteran focused um in we, some states do do a better job than others getting behind uh, local uh, veteran benefits. Um, my dad and I just talked yesterday. It's like, you know, we're frustrated with my home state of Kansas that our state believes that license plates are so important. It's like, I don't need any more thank me's. Um, <laughs> you know, let's discuss bringing veteran homes into Kansas and uh, put them in those communities where a lot more veterans are at instead of on the western side of the state. So um, those discussions should be happening with VFW's legions and all organizations and all concerned veterans to take care of those veterans and keep them in our states. You know, I know Tennessee's doing a great job with a lot of the taxation and, and, you know, the uh, but there's a lot of states where we could do a lot better 
as far as uh, taking care of our vets and, um, and you know, Texas all, has always done a great job of uh, taking care of their veterans. And so I, I, th I think it's just another part of another mission for us veterans to uh, take care of us and those that are coming behind us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's fast forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in, I, well, actually, we'll backtrack, excuse me. I'm in Tennessee and I'm with Andrew uh, and I think we're going to um, the Boondocks. It's a, it's a music club and, mm -hmm. you know, south of Murfreesboro, south of Nashville. And he's all excited, which, which, you know, is a default mode anyway, but he's all excited because Jesse James Dupree, the, the lead singer of the band Jackal that, you know, I'm a metal head, you know, yep. when, you know, I'm rock and roll all the way, the, the country thing. I'm, I'm not there yet. Maybe never will be. But anyway, he's like, Jesse James Dupree gave us a, a, a signed bottle of his whiskey and bourbon and a guitar. And come to find out this wasn't just the, the celebrity checkoff list. It seemed like talking to him and Brian, like Jesse James got really involved with what you all are doing just how we got connected. So again, folks, I, I you can watch the show before. I'll have the link in the show post. But now I kind of want to get the behind the scenes work because, you know, Lynn, I'm talking to him and he was very knowledgeable about what you all were, were doing, why he was there, why he supported, why it was so important that, you know, his group, you know, Mighty Loud, Harley Davidson, the Full Throttle Saloon, and his brands all worked with you all to advocate for veterans. And I have to feel, I hate assumptions, but that all came from a lot of work you all are doing with people like Jesse James. Yeah. Can you go into that a little bit for me? Sure. Um, it was probably about four or five years ago, we started going out, our, our membership team went to Sturgis and went to the armory and it was kind of like a, like a, you know, if you've never been to Sturgis, it's hard to explain, but huge fair, thousands and thousands of motorcyclist enthusiasts. Um, we had a booth set up. We were involved with downtown event. And I guess Jesse was somewhere around there and seen our banner and was, was curious about it because uh, he'd been, he'd been working with some other groups. But it was more, um, it was not actually assisting vets per se. It was just more um, taking the one veteran and their family and taking them on a motorcycle ride or just some experiential stuff. And it wasn't attacking any issues that veterans had. So... Jesse sent an email through our contact us uh, link on our website and said, hey, I want to help that somehow. I'll be in Kansas City in a couple of days. I would love to discuss with someone. So um, email came came to myself and I met him for coffee and we we talked. We sat down over coffee for probably six hours before he had to get on a flight home. But of course, we talked more about my family, my service, and um, things that he, his family, 
got to know each other and build a bond. And I walked him through all everything that we do as an organization. And he really gravitated to the unmet needs program because he could see based on our numbers and our impact of helping well over 12,000 veterans uh, with the service connected reason of why they're in financial um, a crisis. And he knew that with his influence and his entities that he's involved with that people would really gravitate around a financial uh, crisis for a vet um, and be able to step in really fast and get that veteran to breaking even and get them back on the road of positivity. Because I, I explained to him, you know, when you, unfortunately, you peel the numbers back of suicide rates, high predominance of, of the suicide uh, epidemic is because of socioeconomic reasons. You know, veterans just give up because uh, they're homeless or they don't feel worthy of their family and don't trust the VA and, you know, all those, all those type of reasons. And, and I knew that financial was a big one. So he jumped all on it and, and took it and run. Every time he's out anywhere, he talks about the. Uh, and, and what is the unmet needs program for those that don't know? Because it's really, really unique. Yep. Especially how uh, Jesse James supports it. Yeah. So our unmet needs program uh, is a is a fifteen hundred dollar financial grant to a veteran to pay for a bill, um, and the the reason that we step in is somehow that your financial crisis was was derived from your military service. So it's not a handout. You know, we we work with creditors uh, to pay a car a car note off or a mortgage or rental or, or keep their lights on. Or if a veteran is on a, and take for instance, 100% a total and permanent veteran, you know, has a set income. They can't make any more money and say just something happens and they're not able to pay for it. Like a water heater blows up or transmission goes out and they can't get to their VA appointments anymore. We're able to step in and take care of those uh, crisis moments uh, for that veteran. And we take that stress off of them. You know, we don't send them the $1,500. We'll go right to the predator or the lien holder and take care of the uh, bill themselves so they don't have to worry about them. We just we just do it for them. It is definitely a, a life-saving type of program and, and just really gets that veteran, we hope, to, to, to the break-even point, try to get them more benefits if, they, if that's what, what they need or we introduce them in our student veteran scholarship and just hopefully show them, you know, all, all, all hope is not lost and get them and just get them, get them more in a, in a positive mindset. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, mm -hmm. but you don't have to name names, but I'd like to hear, you know, if you've had any personal connection with this program, what's it like when the, the call comes in 
and the need is met, that goes from an unmet need to a met need, what's that do for, for you and your team as you all are serving veterans, you all are doing what the VFW's core mission is about? How does it affect you on a personal level? Well, what, there's, there's one that really... When I th when I think about the power of the program, um, I've actually become close with this family because of the story got relayed to me after we had assisted. Because I I do just right before I got on this interview, I reviewed uh, twenty eight cases in just the last hour to make decisions on whether to assist or not. And one veteran. I had applied, just got out, young family, lost his home, was in a hotel, two young kids, brand new wife, was sitting in his truck and had given up hope. But he didn't realize his wife found our grant online and applied just two weeks prior. And he's sitting in his truck, he has a bottle of whiskey, unfortunately, and a pistol. And uh, his wife came out of the hotel room with a letter from back when I used to send, when we first, I first got hired, we were sending letters out to, hey, you've been approved or you've been disapproved and here's what we're going to help with. Now, of course, it's emails. Um, she came out and he's sitting there and he, he's about to make that decision whether or not he continues. <clears throat> and his wife came out hands him the letter and he had just been approved for, for our grant. Um, now he's got a job. Oh, right. He went to school, um, very productive in life. And uh, he sent an email probably a month or two later after everything worked out of how he, he was that close to making that, make, making that decision. Um, and I had the ple pleasure of some of the travels. I, I got to meet him, took some time and slipped down and met him and his family. And I, that right there, <laughs> I'm about to, allergies are kicking in right at this moment. Well, um, well, and that's, well, just, that's just one of yeah, yeah. Hundreds, hundreds and thousands of uh, stories of, but but if you can help one, yeah. Um, I mean, you're not just helping the veteran. I mean, his or her children may be helped. That spouse may be helped, and, and you're affecting a lot of lives that you're never going to even see and touch. So that's really substantial. Yeah. Um. You know, I guess as we kind of wind this down, you know, what's next for your role or what the VFW is trying to do in 2023? And the reason I'm asking that is we were rolling along, COVID hit for two years and a lot of things got upended and changed, not only in how, you know, we, we interact with each other, but how organizations like yours, yours, the VFW provides the advocacy and services that they do. So, you know, how, how's that changing going into 2023? Well, it, you know, I really, you know, it could have been a death blow. COVID could have been a true death blow, and and it, and it hurt a lot of organizations. We, you know, being being warriors, we we took 
we didn't miss a beat. And I'm so proud of the VFW in that aspect from post getting out there and helping with COVID testing or food banks and, and just stayed engaged. Um, we just came off of a huge, and I'm sure in your world, you know the impact of our PACT Act legislation. Um, we're about growing our organization and showing the grassroots advocacy truly works. And with this monumental veteran legislation, um, the positivity in, in the trajectory of the VFW is, is spiking now. Um, we just have to do a, a better job from the grassroots to us in national trying to break the perception in, in that stereotype of what people think of the VFW. Right. And, and seize on telling our story and showing them. And it's actually cool to be part of the VFW. Yeah, you may not be able to go to every meeting, but your membership in our organization can change lives. And we proved it with the PACT Act victory. Thanks to our great friend John Stewart by getting behind and in, in, in breaking breaking down a lot of the barriers we were facing with Congress. Um, so I'm I'm extremely positive, and I th I th we're going to get back to the glory days of two to three plus mem million members. Uh, we just we just need to keep spreading our gospel of the VFW and what we do. Uh, to assist veterans in the community in general. Well, if if the conversation I had with uh, Jesse James Dupree was any indication, you know, the groundwork for that has been laid a long time ago. You all have never gotten off mission. And if it's bearing fruit with things like the Unmet need pro Needs Program, I, I do feel that there is a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. And, and so when I'm asked now, because, you know, I'll be straight through Lynn for a while there, I was like, look, guys, I mean, if you want to, there's other places you can go besides the Legion and VFW mm -hmm. for advocacy and for socialization. And, you know, and again, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this, it, it was Andrew and Brian's and, you know, those people in Tennessee and my home state who were like showing me the way that kind of got the lost lamb back into the fold, sir. So, yep. you, you know, I, I think. I, I can't look away from that. I, I got to respect their, their work. And I'm excited to be, you know, a part of it as an auxiliary member of Stones River in Tennessee and my legion here. Um, you know, as we close this down, I guess my last question is, is personally, when, when that, when that veteran gets out, what do you want them to do to connect with you all? Uh, I want them to interview and find the right environment. And, and you, you hit the nail on the head, you know, just like, just like McDonald's, you know, every McDonald's is different. You got to find the right community and what you need first and foremost to feel comfortable and flourish. Uh, Cause that's one thing that we, and we saw this back in world war two, those veterans needed a safe place to go to, to 
get their life back in track after being in sustained conflict for so long. They built businesses, they networked. That's where the VFW really flourishes that if we connect all the groups and everyone together and, and provide a VFW network of resources in your community, that's where veterans can find that, whatever they need, you know, either from the camaraderie aspect or their VA benefits or future uh, legislative activities or whatever, or take care of their families with scholarships or financial assistance. You know, it's a one-stop shop and it, when you get it, you, you get out of it, whatever you put into it. So it, it's, I really believe that if, if and you've seen this, it's more about, it's instead of what I can get out of it, it's about what I can help provide to others. And I think there's, a, there's nothing better for your soul on helping someone else that deep down it helps, helps yourself. So good, good old Sean Kennedy, you know, ask not what the, yeah. VFW can do for you, but what you can do for the VFW. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to good way to look at it. Well, I want to thank you for your time today. And and folks, he, he kind of had to, you know, deal with me being Semper Gumby. But uh you, you know, Lynn, it, it was it was great being to talk with uh Jesse James Dupree and, and, and hear that from a civilian who, you know, a lot of people think, well, he's just a rock and roller. No, there's a there's a mind for this and he's really invested in this. And then to understand how it's put together, I've learned a whole lot today. I want to say thank you. Uh, Travis, th thank you. And I uh, love everything that you guys are doing, Oscar, Mike, and, every and, and everything you guys believe in and stand for. Well, tell Brian, I said, hello. I'll tell Andrew that uh, you said hello. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you again, meet you in person. Yep. I absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Well, again, folks, you know, as Jesse James Dupree said in his show, everyone can make an impact. You're kind of seeing that here in this conversation that you as a veteran or a civilian that wants to advocate for veterans can make that impact. And there's a way to do that in a very structured, effective way. And again, I want to say thank you to, you know, Brian Walker and Andrew for kind of showing me the way and length through time today. And as I say in Oscar Mike Radio, we are Mission Flight. Thanks again. I want to thank you for joining me and watching Oscar Mike Radio. Now go to OscarMikeRadio.com and click shop to check out all the cool merchandise from Authentically American. All proceeds go to veteran service organizations. We are Mission in Flight.